Hello and welcome to the Daily Zen Podcast. My name is Charlie Ambler, creator of Daily Zen. Daily Zen lives at thedailyzen.com, twitter.com slash dailyzen, medium.com slash at dailyzen, and there's now a Daily Zen premium at patreon.com slash dailyzen, which is where I post a weekly extra essay and extra podcast only available to subscribers. And the purpose of that is sort of to not only create a, an opportunity for people who enjoy this to support Daily Zen, but also to foster some more in-depth discussions than what occurs on Twitter. And uh, if you're interested and you enjoy Daily Zen, I hope that you'll consider becoming a subscriber. This week on this particular episode, I would like to focus on the topic of confidence. I think it's an interesting topic because it's not discussed very much by the Zen masters or even that many spiritual writers because it's it's sort of this modern idea and it's tied into a lot of stuff involving careerism and relationships and social relationships and stuff. And it's not like it's completely neglected among old school thinkers, but it's not elaborated upon as much as I think a lot of people would like. And I think in relation to meditation practice and to what we're doing when we meditate and when we practice these ideas, the idea of confidence and how it arises and how we prevent it from arising in our day-to-day lives when we avoid our practice is an interesting thing to explore. So I guess we can start by thinking about where social anxiety or insecurity comes from. What makes us feel insecure about ourselves? What makes us feel unconfident? What makes us feel self-pity? And what makes us feel alienated from others? Typically, it's things that go on in our own minds. It's the idea that we're comparing ourselves to others. We think other people are more aware of things than we are, or they're more accomplished, or they're judging us in interactions. We want to be accepted. We want to experience the comfort and the peace that comes from knowing that others give us the same amount of respect that we hope to give them. And we can start there because that is, in and of itself, sort of the the result of an ego projection onto other people. There's this belief that others are constantly judging us, that we have an obligation to either stand out in some way or to make ourselves acceptable, to make ourselves decent or good enough to win the affection of others. And in doing that, we create a certain obligation on the side of whoever we're dealing with to accept us. We're sort of trading our own participation in a social interaction for a benefit, which for us is confidence or the sense of acceptance. And so to begin with, it's interesting to see how these ideas that we have that are so, that feel so insular and they feel so lonely or they feel even selfless to a certain degree. People who express a certain degree of self-pity or a lack of confidence usually will blame other people for not including them or blame them for judging them or blame them for not paying attention to them. The irony being that when we expect these things from other people, we're setting a condition, not them. We're setting this condition that we need to be accepted, that we need to get something back. And in terms of our meditation practice and Zen in general, uh, especially in in Buddhism and the ideas developed in the Pali Canon and the Dhammapada, 
there's this, this fundamental idea of right conduct, which is part of the Noble Eightfold Path. And within right conduct is the idea of compassion. And the concept of compassion can be discussed for Till Kingdom Come, but the essence of the idea is that we experience the most satisfaction and the, the greatest good when we can love and give without expecting anything in return. And so if we can treat social situations in this way and see that that we cause ourselves the lack of confidence and the lack of self-respect when we expect a response from others, maybe we give a gift and we're upset that someone doesn't say thank you or that they don't respond in the way that we thought, or maybe we have a conversation and we feel insecure about the way the conversation went or an important meeting and we worry that we didn't get back what we were hoping to get back. And very oftentimes, this is because we set these strange expectations. The ego sets these expectations that expect others to overcompensate for one's efforts to give someone, to give you an, an undue amount of praise or response to a normal conversation or a, just a regular sort of interaction. The irony being that most, you know, each individual is looking after their own self-interest, essentially, and the amount of insecurity that can result from a particularly a, a perfectly normal conversation is surprising and it comes from this idea that we need to get some sort of ecstatic response from other people that we need to feel overtly included and overtly praised and as long as we require that sense of affirmation from others we not only become a prisoner to everyone we interact with which sets a completely unnecessary burden on those people and creates tension, but we also become a prisoner of our own minds in a sense because we're setting conditions for uh, life in situations that don't necessarily require conditions and that even very often subvert them in a way that causes us trouble and causes us suffering. So if we think about this in terms of the Buddhist perspective, we see that our attachment to the results of scenarios and interactions with other people causes us suffering, not the interactions themselves. And so if we can have cultivate a sense of inner strength and self-respect and confidence that exists independent from the affirmation of other people, we end up achieving that affirmation a lot easier because we're not so reliant on it and, and we're able to let ourselves speak for ourselves and stand up for ourselves and exist as we are with a certain amount of, of dignity without having to force others to appreciate us, basically. And I think that the there's a certain inner confidence that comes just from a prolonged meditation practice because, like with everything else and all the other things I discuss, when we sit with our minds and we let all of our thoughts come and go and we we really just observe and we don't grab at this, we don't grab at that. If we're feeling bad, we let that come and go. If we're feeling great, we let that come and go. We're not trying to force ourselves into any particular state. And over time, that cultivates a, a mental attitude that is very open to any experience, isn't particularly over-responsive to suffering, isn't over-responsive to happiness, doesn't jump the gun and judge situations too quickly, and doesn't, isn't, isn't so reactive it sort of calms us down. And in this way, it changes the way that we interact with others because 
the need to feel immediately gratified or immediately accepted or affirmed goes away. And it's interesting because when that goes away, the incentives for many social interactions disappear. And we realize that a lot of the, the social interactions that we put ourselves into are completely unnecessary. These include interacting with people exclusively to sort of have that mutual sense of, of shallow affirmation. People maybe doing small talk or talking at parties where you know everyone knows that the conversation isn't really about anything important and everyone knows that neither party is is really getting anything out of it other than the affirmation of the other party and it's sort of almost this masturbatory exchange in which people give some affirmation and get some affirmation and that's enough for them and then they wonder why the the social realm in their lives feels shallow or empty and they also wonder why they lack a certain sense of self-respect or self-confidence it's because whenever we whenever we trade our sense of self to others for the sake of getting a little hit of affirmation or a little hit of attention we erode our own respect for ourselves and it's ironic because a lot of people think that the more they they socialize and the more they interact with others and the more they put themselves out there and expose themselves to this potential affirmation and the more they give affirmation in the hopes of getting it back the more confidence they'll feel the better they'll feel they think that the confidence comes from the words and intentions of others rather than from themselves and this is very parallel to the way we approach happiness or inner peace in meditation where we search when we don't practice we search in the world for these things that the the catalyst for these things that serve as catalysts for this feeling of peace and happiness when we don't realize that that feeling comes from within ourselves and so if we set ourselves straight inwardly and we cultivate that sense of self-respect that sense of confidence and gratitude and compassion and awareness all of the need for these shallow external distractions diversions and attachments goes away and it simplifies our lives in an incredible way. It allows us to devote more time to the things that really matter to us. And it, it gives us a, a more genuine sense of purpose and a more genuine sense of who we are. So this confidence that comes from feeling at peace with ourselves and, and looking inward and seeing who we really are comes from that sense of conviction that results from really looking at yourself and really knowing yourself. And so if, if you don't know yourself and you try to go out in the world and interact with other people, you're going to get very confused because it's very easy to wander through the world trying on different personalities and, and sort of like a chameleon shape-shifting to fit whatever situation you're in in order to gain the maximum amount of affirmation and positive attention from others. The problem with doing this is that we get a lot of, of that base level shallow dopamine rush uh, social interaction kind of like getting likes on facebook or instagram or something where we we have this illusion that we're that we're getting somewhere that we're making connections with people but in reality we're never showing ourselves we're never revealing ourselves and we're not letting our actions speak for themselves instead we're sort of inventing theoretical actions using our words and and creating a, a theoretical virtual personality for ourselves using our words and a lot of people have this experience where they'll have a lot of acquaintances that they consider friends, and then they'll have a very, 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 very few select close friends. And the difference between a, an acquaintance or a, or a surface level friend and a, and a deep friend is this intimacy, this vulnerability that 
we reveal our actual selves to the people that we're closest to. And those are the most valuable relationships. And so if we can go into the world in that state of vulnerability and in that state of intimacy and not be forcing ourselves upon others in a way that is in, in an intrusion or some sort of burden, but instead just trying to really be fundamentally who we are and to be sincere in all of our encounters and to not feel as if we have to put on airs or if we have to try to be a certain way in order to be accepted by others, the paradox of that is that we become more acceptable, we become more confident, and we win the favor of other people because it's so refreshing to be around someone who is unabashedly themselves, even if they uh, spin people's wheels sometimes or push their buttons. That's a much more natural and harmonious way to exist in, in the social world than being someone who's complacent and who just always agrees with everybody and just tries to be nice for the sake of f other people feeling good about them. The people who are very intent on being nice usually have good intentions, but it's funny because if you if you start to ask questions and you look at the internal logic that goes on in someone who is really always trying to fit in and trying to get along with everybody and trying to be accepted at all times, it's a sort of very selfish, egotistical mentality in which one expects that the the nicer and the more agreeable one is even if it's in opposition to how one actually feels, the more positive attention someone's going to get from others, the more good someone is going to get out of the world. So it's it seems good-natured, but it's actually inherently tied to a result, which is affirmation and feeling good about this, about yourself. But if you can cultivate that sense of self from within and, and just be who you are in the world and you know maybe you risk having some difficult conversations, you risk being confrontational, you risk offending people, you risk being difficult or annoying at times, but at the end of the day, you can still say that you're being yourself and you're you're cultivating the relationships in the world using your your true self rather than this shady, fake ego self. And as a result, you'll find that, or at least I find in my experience, that as I continue to meditate and continue to grow in my practice and get to know myself better, when I can really unabashedly be myself and and know who that self is, not pretend to be myself under some sort of false guise or expectation. I build much more valuable and much stronger relationships. I feel more comfortable being alone. I feel more comfortable in social situations. I feel better about my work. Uh, I feel better about my writing. I mean, everything, you know. I used to write from the perspective of, oh, I hope people, I hope I can get as many people to agree with this as possible. I'm going to make it as disarming and as nice as possible. And when I was doing that, Daily Zen did not do particularly well. It was it was sort of starting to take on the appearance of maybe a, a new age clickbait site or a meditation clickbait site or a thought piece sort of aggregator, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I thought that that's what people wanted. And then as soon as I started really taking my practice seriously and and my writing started to reflect that and my work started to reflect that, I think... I started, first of all, started offending people a lot more and, and getting more critical responses and more controversial responses in addition to more positive responses. But in general, the sense of engagement with the audience went up exponentially because uh, we think in our in our own heads that people want to be pandered to or that they want to be flattered or that they want to be unoffended or completely just placated. 
But in reality, we ourselves seek a deeper connection. We seek a more meaningful and maybe a little bit more of a chaotic um, dynamic with others. And we, we always respond positively when other people bring that into our lives and when they challenge us and help us be better and communicate with us in an honest way. And so it's, it's funny how we realize that and we experience that almost every day, but we don't put it into practice ourselves. And uh, my meditation practice has helped me put that into practice. And I think everyone who has a long-term practice with sitting experiences that because there's a, a sense of inner strength and a sense of discipline and self-respect that creates a confidence that isn't an egotistical uh, sort of, I don't know, knuckle-dragging um, jockey confidence. It's more of a, a genuine sense of self and a genuine respect for the self and a, an understanding of one's own vulnerabilities and insecurities and a, a sense of humor, a sense of sincerity. And with that comes, uh, if we can respect ourselves and give ourselves that that strength, we can get that back from others without even having to try. And the other thing, and it bec it's funny because it's sort of antithetical to the way that at least I used to think about relation social relationships, and I think maybe a lot of people will agree, is that when we when when we spend enough time in solitude and, and reflection and practicing and, and cultivating ourselves and understanding ourselves, and then we go out into the world, we end up getting more back than if we're constantly trying to get affirmation from people because we we bring a certain value to a certain innate value to interactions. We don't have to bring a shallow value where we're virtue signaling or we're trying to be really nice or we're trying to flatter people or we're trying to fit in. But you can, when you, when you really do that work and you spend time cultivating yourself uh, inwardly, you, you build a, a uniqueness and a, and a certain inner value that goes a long way and that other people find interesting. And everyone has that, you know, every individual has a sort of unique essence that they can bring into the world if they choose to. And yet many people choose to instead put on different hats and keep things on the surface, keep things um, in that exchange mentality instead of this uh, honest, sincere mentality. And so if no matter who you are, if you uh, spend time cultivating that, that sense of yourself and you spend time meditating and reflecting and understanding yourself, you can bring your, your whole self, your honest self, to every interaction you're in and feel perfectly confident and perfectly dignified because you have a certain conviction about who you are and, and what your purpose is and what you want. And instead of just trying to get um, the immediate gratification of affirmation, you can focus on building some, some long-term valuable relationships. And I think that that's an interesting and important shift and transition that a lot of people uh, would would benefit from making. And I think that's why it relates back to our practice, because when we practice and we really devote ourselves to it, everything becomes a reflection of it, including, you know, from our careers to our love relationships, to our social relationships. And the sense of confidence that comes from within can't be taken away by any negative interaction or any criticism because it's independent it exists independently from that and so we can we can take criticism easier we can take praise more humbly and we can cultivate ourselves in a more honest way basically um so that's about it on time i think that about 
covers it. I hope you enjoy this. If you like Daily Zen, share it with your friends. If you really like Daily Zen, please become a Patreon subscriber and uh, gives you a direct line to communicate with me and to suggest topics for these podcasts, to ask questions, and to discuss anything you want to discuss. Regardless, thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.